Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. You could turn $10 into $250. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/fan and use code FAN. That's code FAN at prizepicks.com/fan. Must be present in certain states. Visit prizepicks.com for restrictions and details. Thank you, thank you, gentlemen and guns. Coming. Hey guys, it's Bert. I'm uh, wide awake in a hotel room, posting this podcast. I'm uh, fairly high on painkillers right now. Not high enough to enjoy it, but high enough to take the pain away. I fell off a waterfall this week in North Carolina. Not that bad. About 15 feet on my back. I thought I broke my back. Certain I broke my ribs. But I'm fine. You can't break the machine. (laughs) Okay, maybe I'm enjoying them a little bit. (laughs) But I'm not missing Parlor Live this week. March 27th and 28th, I'll be in Seattle, and I will tell you the story about how I fell off a waterfall. I'm sure I'll tell it a hundred times on this podcast. Today's guest, a friend of mine and a guy I've known for a long time, the sweetest guy in the industry. He is inarguably the largest selling comedian in the world. My pleasure to introduce to you, Russell Peters. This is... Yeah. <clears throat> it's funny. I lived in Studio City for five years. Never met anybody. Not one neighbor. Really? Yeah. I moved here within one day. That neighbor came over with his wife, his twin daughters, and a plate of baked cookies, fresh baked cookies. Are you fucking kidding? <clears throat> Welcome to the neighborhood. You think it would be different? That like, do pe- do people know who you were when you moved in? No, no clue. Really? <clears throat> He's a lawyer. We're we're recording. You can talk. Yeah, I know we're we're recording. Did uh, how long did it take before you bought the house? Did you Um, look at a lot of houses? Looked at a lot of houses, and uh, do you uh, have like? Do you do like? This is gonna sound weird, but I'm gonna. When we bought a house, we were like, all right, we can afford six hundred thousand dollars, right? But I really wanted a seven hundred thousand dollars. Like once you break a million, your house is really nice in in the valley. Mm -hmm. It becomes. You start seeing where the million dollars is, but for six hundred thousand dollars, you don't see shit in a house. Yeah, you like, see. You look at your neighbors and you go, "Well, wait, why am I and that guy on the same street?" Yeah, and, and you're so, like, you know, you're doing better than him. Yeah, but for some reason, he's able to afford the same house as you. It's so I so I when I but did you do you do the same thing? Like I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna throw out ra- round numbers, okay? Oh, uh, you don't have. To, I'm not sensitive about numbers. No, but like I don't. I can't imagine how much this house costs. But what do you think this house costs? Uh, nine million dollars. No, way less. Really? Yeah. Are you fucking kidding That's me? That's why you just got to look. Really? Yeah. It's got to be five, four. four, four. This is four million. Four and change. Yeah, dude. So I this is what I do, <clears> so and I, I got an acre and a half of land. Yeah, facing the ocean. It's fucking gorgeous. You wake up and you overlook the Ma- Malibu. Yeah, you and look, you overlook the ocean. Pacific Ocean every day. It's absolutely fucking gorgeous up here. <clears throat> the uh, trying to make sure we're recording talk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, it's go- so. Do, so did you go? I'm. I'm. I'm assuming. I'll, p- I'll paint it out in my head. I imagine your brother and you say. And you say I want to buy a new house. Your brother's like, all right, I'll fly down. We'll go look at houses. No. Really. It was all my doing. 
You did it by yourself. <clears throat> yeah, I I, uh, I had finished doing my Notorious tour, and you know I had a decent amount of money sitting in the bank, but I had no motivation to get back out on the road and do anything because I was like, well, the house I'm living in is beautiful, and it's really cheap to live in now. Like the the mortgage is very minimal. Yeah, and you got what, you heard three percent. 3.7% mortgage on this house, I'm imagining. Yeah, I don't even know like the details, you know yeah. what I mean? And I was like, like I need to be motivated. And it sounds obnoxious, but I, I get motivated by need. Like, I need to make money or I'm going to go broke, you know yeah. what I mean? <clears throat> so I said, I want to look at houses that cost around $5 million. And my accountant was like, I would advise you to not look at houses. <laughs> that look. He goes, you can, technically you can afford it, but... Why would you do that? Because I have, you know, a house in Toronto, a house in Vegas, and, and I already have the house in Studio City still. You still have that? Yeah, I rent it out. Really? Yeah, I rent it out to this family. They, and they pay a shit ton of money. It's great. It's, we're, we're thinking about doing that with our house because <clears throat> our mortgage is nothing, and, yeah. uh, and it's a great school district. And yeah. so people definitely want to live there. We could rent it out for probably twice what our mortgage is. Oh, yeah. It's, I do that three times what that is. It's great. Yeah, and it's... You know, it pays for itself. So your accountant <clears throat> says, I, I would advise you against that. Do you goes, go look at houses by yourself? Yeah, I, I would. Call, I called my real estate buddy, and I was like, can you send me listings? And <clears throat> I was looking in, you know, Calabasas. And I just wanted to get out of the L.A. area because I was getting a little fed up with it. Oh. And then uh, I, I was like, I, I drove out here one day, just, just on a drive down PCH, and I was like, this is beautiful. Like, I could look at this every day and yeah. not feel bad about life. Uh, it's pretty fucking I was talking to Segura coming in he called I'm on the PCH and I go uh, and I'm cutting that corner that first corner out of Pepperdine Mm -hmm. where it opens up and you see the water and I go this is fucking gorgeous and he's like yeah no wonder no wonder I live down here no wonder Russell lives down here like this is you remember oh the hard work I'm putting in isn't for fucking nothing oh yeah yeah I didn't want it to be like like I went to a a really dope house last night Uh, I went to this uh designer had for fashion week she had this runway show and then she had a party at her house and her house is this beautiful place in los Feliz that used to belong to bella lugosi and and oh uh, those are pretty cool <clears throat> those are the, the 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 from what i've gathered the way hollywood or the way california's la worked was downtown is where they first settled this place mm-hmm. and then it just expands out but when you get to los Feliz and and that Atwater Village and all that mm-hmm. area, you get all these old, old, like, uh, guys' houses. Like, yeah. And they're just gorgeous. Howard Hughes lived in it. Yeah. And Johnny Depp owned it at one point. And there's a room where Jimi Hendrix had slept in it one night. You know what I mean? So, like, I was going around the house and goes, this is beautiful. It's stunning. Like, it's, I mean, I would have changed it because, you know, it's, you got to be an artsy kind of minded person to look at things and go, wow, that's so cool. Like all these paintings on the pillars and on the ceiling and everything. And, you know, it's, it's cool when it's somebody else's house. But when it's your house, I'm like, I got to get rid of that. You know what I mean? But I don't have that in me. To It's so interesting, too. I've, I've always formed opinions about you, like <clears throat> based that are always, always inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I remember talking to I remember, I your brother Clayton is one of my favorite human beings in the world. Right, I fucking love him. I have a one lasting memory that I'll never forget. And by the way, I don't even know if this is real, but but I remember this in my fucking in my little, you know, like those you know those little things in stand up where they just yeah. where you go, 
Like I remember Jim Norton being the first person to compliment me on mm-hmm. my on a joke. I remember a joke David Tell complimented me, and I remember um, uh, doing that Showtime special that we did out in Amsterdam, mm-hmm. and I was on stage, and I t- I don't know what I said, but I looked over, and you and your brother were sitting on the side of the stage, and whatever joke I said, your brother, his eyes closed, and he was laughing. And I remember you looked at me and looked at your brother curiously, like, what the fuck just happened? Like, it was, but I remember that distinctly. Yeah. And, uh, but I, I always like, I always think, like, I, my, I was talking to Leanne. I go, what questions would you want to hear? Ask Russell. She goes, number one, she goes, I want to know how does, how does someone, because she's followed my career, how does someone go from open mic to O2? Like, how does that, well, that like, we're talking 26 years now, right? But there's guys that have been doing, like, no, like, like what? Like what is the like? What is the leap? Is it to the point where you're at clubs that things are so like that they're adding so many shows that yeah. you're like it gets to the point where you're like, all right, I can't do 14 shows this week. So that so <clears throat> my that voice was, can't do it. That was literally like they were like it was out of necessity. It wasn't out of um, oh, I think I should do these big shows because a, a lot of these guys, that, a lot of these people that are you know, and and you know, God bless them, they're they're getting to do the arenas at least once in their life. But, you know, these are people that are, you know, weren't necessarily selling out the clubs even. Yeah. At least sell the clubs out. Do it in stages. Sell out the clubs and sell out the theaters. That was – a lot of people I, made the jump I did it theaters. in the, I did this – you know, did it in the stages you're supposed to do it in. Yeah. And, you know, I'm on my fourth arena tour now. That's fucking insane. Which is pretty insane if you really think about it. I mean, you know, some guys got one theater uh, – one uh, some guys get a theater run out of their career and maybe just end up only playing theaters. And there's really nothing wrong with that yeah. on any day. But there's I, I, I'm at the place where I'm cool doing clubs for the rest of my life. I if, like doing clubs. I love clubs. I, I, I really like doing clubs. I Like I have no problem. People are like, well, you're going to end up back in the clubs. I'm like, that's fine. That's yeah. where I started. Yeah. <clears throat> Why would I not want to go back to where I started from? I love going into the club and going in the kitchen and just yeah. fucking grabbing fries and chicken tenders. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it reminds me that I'm a comic. I love I love coming in on a Sunday. My, one of my favorites is coming in on a Sunday when you've had a big weekend and everyone's hungover from Saturday night, mm-hmm. and you roll in. and I, I think of the date and funny bone exclusively, and and I, I love to like come up with a drink that I've never had and then drink that drink all night. <laughs> my I used to do I used to do uh, White Russian Sundays. I remember the first time I did it was I did it in uh, in Columbus, and I told Dave Stroop I go I'm going to sell you out of vodka. I'm gonna tonight. I'm gonna sell you out of vodka. I'm drinking White Russians, and I, I just everyone get on stage. White Russian Sunday. Let's just drink White Russians. And we ran out of cream <laughs> before we ran out of vodka. <laughs> but, uh, but I love clubs. I, I, is there that kind of like small, uh, like almost like uh, the thing that you love about clubs, like the the little things? Is there the same thing in arena tours? No, the arena tours are very disconnected from humanity. Really? You know, it's it's your backstage and only your crew can see you and only people you know, only people you know will be back there. Yeah. Only people like and like all the staff that works at the arena uh is on like they don't look at you and you're like, Why is nobody looking at me? Like really? I guess because musicians are fucking weird. And quirky. You know? They're, no, but I don't buy that shit either. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when they pull that, oh, don't don't look at me. He doesn't like to be looked at. I'm like, who who the fuck are you? 
What are you more artistic than we are? <laughs> I don't like being looked at at my kid's school. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I hate when someone makes eye contact with me and I don't know their name. That's when I wish you could avert your eye eye, eye policy. Yeah, just wear sunglasses. Yeah, look like um, a creep. <laughs> so, so it's just you back there. You have an opening act. You brought Segura to work. I've with taken you, right? Segura to the O2 with me. Matter of fact, yeah. I remember he told me that. and He's like, you have no idea. Yeah, it was it's, great. He killed it. But right now, who are you touring with? Greg Rogel. Oh yeah, I know him. You know Greg? Yeah. Well, no, I don't. I don't know him. But I know him from New York. When I started, he was. Yeah. Are you he, from New York? No, nah, I started in New York. Where are you from? Uh, Tampa. That's right. Fucking Florida. Me and that's Segura right. both are Florida boys. That's right. Now that's where I met Segura. Was in in uh, uh, West Palm. He uh, middle. He featured for me one weekend there. Really? Yeah. He was real green. This was about nine years ago. He's still real green. Look, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you the thing that befuddles me about Segura is I when I met him. I don't think I ever watched his stand-up. I just like being around him. Yeah. I love being around the guy. And then all of a sudden, his stand-up got really fucking good. We just had this conversation, like, literally five, ten minutes ago. He was saying, you need to get out of the clubs and start doing one-nighters out at bars and out at bigger <clears throat> arenas and just do your one show. And I was like, I was like, I can't believe I'm saying this for the, to the guy that used to feature for me, but I think you lapped me. Like, I think I've been doing TV so long that I've just kind of... Are you not... still doing the, the travel show? Dude, I've been doing travel show for seven fucking years. Wow. I've been... Uh... Uh, you're mental on that show. I watch you and I go, hey, good on him. I could never I'd oh. never do any of that shit. I, well, you, you <clears throat> travel. You're, you are the perfect... No, the traveling I could do. No, but... But you go and do the, the yeah, fucking... The, jet, the, 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 the skiing off a cliff and shit. And I'm like, yeah. oh, hell no. But you travel... Like, you travel Yeah, like you the... caught me in the in the... Ten days that I was here, really, and like I'm literally leaving. And what's today? Tuesday. Yeah, I'm leaving day after tomorrow for New Zealand Thursday? and Australia. New Zealand, <clears throat> New Zealand, Australia, Hong Kong, Singapore, Malaysia, Bangkok, London, Amsterdam, Norway, Sweden. So wait, so Copenhagen, and then that's the tour. Yeah, that'll take me out till May. the The tour ends in December. Holy Funny enough, shit. it ends in the Middle East. <laughs> Really? So that's a good way to go. So I, I love... I <laughs> it's love the beheading this. tour. I love... <laughs> hey, who'll be headlining? <laughs> the last show's got a cage on the center of the... Yeah. the um, I, uh, I love the small details in, in things. I love small details because it helps me visualize it. So explain to me, like, like uh, logistics. You go on tour in two days, you're t- heading off to New Zealand. How many bags do you pack? I will pack two suitcases. That's it. That's it. The two you saw downstairs, the yeah. the silver one and the I'll probably take that little burgundy one too. So you take two suitcases. Mm-hmm. Do you wear the same thing on stage every single night? I will be bringing three suits and just <clears throat> rotating them. Yeah. You wear a suit on stage? Yeah, but I, it's funny enough. I just I, I don't usually. Sometimes you know I switch it up all the time. But I just recently when I was in India last two weeks ago, um, I had these suits made. What happened was I bought a, a designer suit. An Ermin Gildo Zenya suit. And it was really dope. It was made out of sweatshirt material. And I was like, wow, this is the best sweat- suit I've ever worn in my life. Fuck and then yes. in India, you can go to any tailor and be like, can you make another one of these? And they're like, no problem. So I, sh- I brought uh, the tailor. I was getting some stuff made and he came for a fitting in my hotel room. And I go, hey, I got this suit. Could you make one like this? Jersey material, sir, no problem. What color do you want? <clears throat> and I go, yeah, get me. Uh, what do you got? He goes, we have blackish, black color and gray color. I go, give me both color. <laughs> do, you, do you find yourself I do, picking up the Indian accent oh my God, when, when you're I, in India? When I talk to them, I do it all the time. I'm fucking head nodding. <laughs> But I'm doing it most of the time to be an asshole. Like, I'm calling everybody a bastard. <laughs> bastard, come here. Bastard, please. 
And they're not even picking it up. They're like, mustard, mustard. <laughs> so, so, so you go New Zealand. Where are you, are you hitting Queenstown? No, just um, Auckland. Auckland. Yeah, it's fucking great. Auckland. Peter Jackson should come out to your show. That'd be great if he did. Uh, Peter Jackson was on my podcast. Was he really? Yeah, I'll uh, send a, I'll send an email out and tell him you're there. That'd be cool. I'll, yeah, I'll, he's hey, I could put him on the guest list. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> he's fucking fascinating. He's a, he's an interesting guy, barefoot yeah. all the time. Oh, really? Really sweet dude. Um, so then you go, is he disconnected or is he? Oh, really connected. That's amazing. But he's into his thing. <clears throat> it's yeah. like uh, it's like I don't know. This was a very, I just you know when you when you don't know people like that you just assume that that's their world. It is. That is his world. Like that is his world. Like he's he is. It's like the cool thing about uh, that I've learned in in life in the last probably five years is that if you find someone with passion and you talk about them to them about what they're passionate, the conversation is the easiest fucking thing. Yeah. So the hard time I have a hard time talking to anyone that isn't comics on this podcast <laughs> because I I like because it's hard to de- it's hard to determine what their passion is. Yeah, and, and I and there's certain things that like that me and you are in the same fraternity. Despite the differences in our and where we're performing and what our lives may be like, but like it's really funny when I saw you playing with your daughter. I thought, I thought it's so funny. She hasn't. She he's on the road. He she when they get dad, they're all over it. You're so much better of a dad than I thought you were gonna be. Oh really? Oh, I'm a horrible dad. Well, no. Here's the thing. You live with your wife. You're still married, yeah. and you live with your daughters. Yeah. So it, <clears throat> I can sort of see how you would. Not so much take it for granted, but you're kind of like, well, they know I'm I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And for me, because I'm divorced and my ex-wife brought my daughter over just now, I always have to really savor those moments. You know what yeah. I mean? And like, like to put her in her bedroom just now to make her play with the with the chef. This sounds so obnoxious. <laughs> As I'm saying it, I go, what a fucking douchebag you are, Russell. No, but there's certain things that are that are that it's that are, factual and it's yeah. and it's douchey at the same time. <laughs> I, 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 if I was listening to this, I'd be like, I would fucking punch Peters in his face. <laughs> no, it's but it's part of it's like it's like the fucking truth is is as we left, I went. That is interesting. His chef is his chef's fucking hot, by the way. <laughs> her boyfriend's a comic. That's how I met her. Who's her boyfriend? I open my. I don't know if he's open my. Stuart Lawrence, I think his name is. Uh, he's at the store all the time. He works okay. at the store. I'm supposed to be at the store tomorrow night. <clears throat> You'll probably see him. Tall, lanky guy. Um, so, but yeah, like I was, I was shocked at how good of a dad you were like that, the connection, not the fact that you talk to her, play with her, hug her or, you know, but the connection, there is an actual real connection. And I went, oh fuck. Like, not that I don't have that with my kids, but I told you. My yeah, kids, but yours are also older. So yeah. I think the, you know, the older you, the kids get, the more they disconnect from I'd you. I'd love to go back to when they were four. Yeah. Mine's four. It's so easy. Oh, it's the fucking greatest. Now they're, I told you, Isla's calling me bruh. She doesn't even call me dad anymore. <laughs> They call me Bertrude McFuzz and bruh. <laughs> the only reason they t- I fucking see them half the time is because I have candy in the man cave. And so they'll come back to get Skittles. And then, like, they don't want to just go straight to the Skittles. So they're like, hey, dad. Yeah. Hey, what's it's like, up? It's like after you had 10 drinks with from the stewardess and you kind of start a conversation with her. And you're like, I guess I'll have another Heineken. Yeah. Um, so, so what do you do on the flight? On the flight? Yeah, just... No pills, no drugs, no booze. Oh, no. So, uh, well, here's the thing. Uh, you know, you get to fly. Like this last trip, I flew. I fly Emirates first class. And you know what that's like. It's a sweet piece of cake right there. Yeah. And I'm excited just because they just recently announced that Etihad just uh, announced that they're going to start flying that. the. Uh, <clears throat> it's called the, uh, what's it called? The, the private. Uh, fuck it. It's, it's a suite. It's yeah. a, 
I think I saw this. I think I saw this online. <clears throat> it's there's only three of them on the plane. Yeah, yeah. You get a, a living room, a bedroom, and your own shower, your own bathroom. It's gonna be <clears throat> what fifty grand? No, it's like twenty eight, thirty grand. Those tickets are ridiculous. The first time I flew to Australia was first class, and my wife was like, and my wife was coming. And she was in economy. And she was, yeah, she was in, but she was on a different fucking flight. I was like, listen, <laughs> I was like, I can't have you on the same flight. You're going to want to switch out. <laughs> but uh, she was like, cash that ticket in, fly coach, and let's pay our fucking mortgage for half the year. And I yeah. was like, I was like, fuck that. I'm yeah. never getting this opportunity again. And, but I, I have since done it again. But it's like, it's hard to go back. It's hard yeah, to go Yeah, I like, I, I, <laughs> it's so bad. Like, I don't know what I'm going <laughs> to, this is going to sound again so fucking awful. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do when I have to fly business class. <laughs> like, I really don't. I'm like, just, but I've flown first. I for guess so that it long. reclines, but where's my personal valet? Where is the door? <clears throat> we did. On, on Emirates, you get a door. You get a door. You just, it's like being in a train. Yeah, you, you sit down, you stretch out, you hit this button, and the door closes. And that's it. You're in your own room. So you flying room. Emirates to New Zealand? No, <clears throat> flying Qantas because I don't know what Air New Zealand is like on their first class. Uh, it's okay. Yeah, see, I didn't want to chance that it's for Qantas, a, for an eighteen-hour flight. Uh, Qantas is, in my opinion, uh, better because they've got the A three eighty. I think it is. Yeah, and the A three eighty. The business class is on the top. I mean, yeah. everything on the top is just fucking fantastic. You know what flight I got? I got offered the seat and I declined it. It was on uh, KLM first class. It was seat one A. And I went, eh, it's very interesting. And they said, it's a double-decker 747. And the lady said, oh, you're going to like this seat. And I said, why? She goes, you have a front-facing window. And I went, oh, wow. I said, no, thanks. Really? It freaked me out. The idea that I could see the fucking, I could look forward in the plane. And I was like, I was like no, 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 I can't. I'd, I'd rather be on the top deck. What a waste. I know. And then, But then I, did, I switched it because I had a panic attack. <clears throat> and then halfway through the fight, I went, I'm a fucking idiot. I should have taken that goddamn seat. I feel like I feel such an idiot. But then we got laid over in Amsterdam. So um, I'm always fascinated by people who don't drink. I drink. You, but you're not, but you're not, like, a, you're not <clears throat> like a boozer. No. Uh, I go through fate. Like I, last year, I, I went crazy with the drinking last really? year. Really? And all I drink is tequila straight. So <laughs> it's like it gets pretty good pretty quick. Oh, but so, then I started noticing, like when I look at pictures, I was bloated and fucking puffy, and I'm the fattest I've ever been in my entire life right now. I actually, I thought you lost weight when I saw no, you just fucking now. disgusting. It's because my beard's <clears throat> long. Do you drink on stage? Uh, not no, I haven't. I think I haven't drank in a long time now. Really? Yeah, just because I was, I was getting like man tits on the side. Oh, I got those. It was going here. Oh, I've gotten to the place where I'm so fat I have to shave my underarms to jog because they'll tie in knots. Oh, I've had that happen. <laughs> so, hey, the fact that you're jogging is good, dude. I'm running every single day. And I cannot lose any fucking weight. Are you I'm, dieting? I'm dieting a little bit. Do you want my chef to make you something? No. Again, oh, what I saw what that. Just I saw that sick. lunch today, and I went, "That's fucking how you're supposed to eat. Like a piece of salmon, small portion of rice." I was like, oh. Oh, "She won't even give me rice. She makes me uh, like she'll make rice out of cauliflower, so it looks like rice, but it." It's fucking great, too. I'd be using my chef like Leonardo DiCaprio used the Django. I'd be fucking like, come on, wake up. We're making brownies. <laughs> She's like, what? I'm fucking hammered. I want s'mores. <laughs> so the t- who, do you, who are you taking on tour with you this year? This, so, this- <clears throat> so Rogel's coming with me to uh, Australia, New Zealand, and, uh, and Asia. And then 
I, I'll send him back to New York because he's already done Europe with me. Yeah. And then Ruben Paul will come out with me. Really? Yeah. And you and this you know is, Ruben Paul. This is uh, yeah you, yeah I do I think. Of course you do. Black yeah. guy. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Does uh do you, this sounds really? But you probably deficit the whole tour, or does someone pay for that? No, they uh, like how does that work? Like we uh, we get offers, and then it'll be like, all right, here's the offer, here's your guarantee, here's how much you could stand to make, but here's definitely what you're getting. So it'll be like, here's you're definitely going to get two million dollars for this. And if it does really well, you're going to get $3 million. And then it'll be like, and then here's the budget for flights. And it'll be like an, an astronomical amount of money. And in that way, we can all fly business and first. And and uh, it's really good. Like, so, so, so do these guys, guys kind of balk when you're like, guys, I'm going back on the road. I want to do some clubs. They're like, oh. Oh, oh yeah. All the uh, – <laughs> my crew, yeah, they're all very – What? <laughs> Why are we doing clubs, Russell? Because they're not coming, you know. <laughs> they're not, so it's, when I do a club, it's just me. I'll show up with my assistant Eddie, and that's it. Really? Yeah. And then like, I'll like, I say I bump into somebody at at a comedy club. I'm like, Hey, what are you doing? Oh yeah, I'm you know just, you know you know people always have a story. You know, like oh man, I'm just just out here trying to you know I got bills, you know, and I'm like oh yeah, how you doing with no? Hey, right, you're gonna come to Toledo with me for the funny bone, you know? Ugh. Whatever it is, even if it's shit money, I'll take somebody out. What did uh, were you the guy that did, like? There's certain types of comics that call headliners, like cold call headliners, and they're like, hey man, you got any dates? I'm looking for a date. Were you one of those dudes? Never. You but you were a hustler. Yeah. Like I remember. I remember. Do you remember where, I, where we first met? <clears throat> no. Scotland. We were. At a, oh, that's right. At we were. The... We were at a. We were at a cafe across the street from Tumler, I think. Tumler? Tumler is in Amsterdam. Not, not, it's not Tumler. It's Leighton Live. Yes. Let, across the street from Leighton Live, Russell Brand was in the street. No, not Russell Brand. Um, Ali G was in the street uh, doing Ali G stuff. Mm-hmm. This is before anyone knew, any one of us ever knew who Ali G is. I, I knew who he was because I was in England all the time. Yeah. But I don't remember him doing that. I, well, maybe that isn't true then. <laughs> we were in a cafe. But it was definitely in Scotland then. It was in it was Scotland. Edinburgh. Was that, that was 15 years ago. Really? It was 2000. And I was with Patrice and Rich Voss. Oh, wow. You were with those guys? Then? Yeah, yeah. Well, we did that. We did that. That's hilarious. I didn't realize that was you. Yeah. And we, I, thought it was, I thought it was Patrice, Rich Voss, and Louis Schaefer. And Louis Schaefer and Ben Bailey. Ben Bailey was there too? Ben Bailey split time with me because I got a TV show. I thought I Voss had to leave halfway through, didn't he? Nope. No, I, I had to leave halfway <laughs> that through. That was you had to leave I got halfway a TV, I got a TV show. Wow. And so we went. And yeah, I knew Patrice because I'd slept on his couch before. Yeah. And he, he said, I remember I remember sitting down and you, you were handing out flyers. You have flyers for your show. Mm-hmm. And we were not selling 13 tickets a night. Right, we sold nothing, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember you saying to us, "You like you guys should come see our, see my show," and Patrice was like, "Nah, I'm not gonna fucking do that." Yeah, and then I was really into it, and I was like, "Come on, let's go." So me, Patrice, and Rich Voss—I want to say Voss might have been just me and Patrice—sat yeah, and, Patrice. and watched your show, the whole show. A lot of crowd work, but a lot of like. And Patrice was like, "I remember him kept going. This motherfucker's gonna be famous. You watch, it's gonna piss me off." <laughs> oh, it did piss him off. <laughs> He was like, <laughs> I remember Patrice coming up to me maybe around 
Oh five oh oh six oh seven. <laughs> this is I think. the kind of motherfucker that's going to be famous. I remember you had you had you had uh, flyers in your hand, and you sat down with us at this cafe, and Patrice was mocking you for having flyers in your hand. You're like, I got to promote my show. He's like, man, like and you know, Patrice, just the fucking little cynical, things. Yeah. cynical. And I remember you getting up and going around and handing out flyers and sitting back down with us. <laughs> and Patrice was like, this watch, that's what you got to do to be famous. Watch this motherfucker's going to be famous. <laughs> I saw when uh, Patrice in oh six oh seven, and he and he comes up to me and goes. Yo, Russell, look. <laughs> and you know, he takes that pause, like, <laughs> the way he's calculating. And he looks away you. and he puts a giant finger up and he'd be <laughs> like, okay, I'm not saying you're not funny, <laughs> but you're not funny enough to have everything that you have. <laughs> and I said, I know. I agree with you. I know what you're saying, and I agree with you. Because it would piss him off when you didn't get mad. Yeah. He he loved when you got mad, and I wouldn't get mad because I was, I'm still, I, I, I was and still am such a fan of Patrice and that, you know, whenever he made fun of me, I really looked at it as a badge of honor, you know? Yeah, oh, I, I definitely, uh, the only thing better than getting mad when Patrice would say stuff is uh, I used to get my feelings hurt, and he used to get so mad when I get my feelings hurt. So he'd say something horrible to me, and I'd just kind of go, like, why would you? And he'd just be like, oh, don't fucking. I remember, I remember at the end of that tour, I go, Patrice, I'm glad we got to hang out, man. It's fun. Uh, I'm glad we got to be friends. He goes, I'm not your friend. I go, I go what? He goes, we're not friends. He's like, were you going to pick me up from the airport? And I was like, oh, I, guess, I guess not. I was like, I guess we're not friends. Yeah, he, he was an interesting guy. And he, he was a fascinating dude. But I remember meeting you then. And then it was like, it's like, it's kind of interesting because I, I, I saw you blow up, but I didn't see the path. I met you then, and then I went to L.A., started doing TV. And then I want to say like five years later? No, probably. Yes. Five years later? Yep. Is that – what was it? It was uh, – I was uh, – <clears throat> 2003, I shot a special. Yeah. In Canada, and then it aired in February of 2004. Four. Fuck, I'm getting all years. 2004 it aired in February. And then <clears throat> YouTube started a few months later. And that, and then <clears throat> somebody put it on YouTube, and that is the. That's it. What was the what was the what was the canary in the mind for you that you were like, oh shit, shit's changing. Um, <clears throat> well, in two thousand five, I went. Well, here's a, here's a, here was a definite thing. In uh, February of two thousand five, I played DePaul University. Yeah, in Chicago, and uh, twelve people, thirteen people came to the show. And they paid me $700. And I felt guilty that they were paying me all this money. <laughs> and and nobody came. But I still did the show. I did a, a great – it was a good show. Like, I mean, yeah. for those 13 people, it was a great show. And then later that year, I think November of that year, I went back to Chicago and was doing like a, uh, uh, like a banquet hall in a hotel with like four or 500 people, like three of those in a row. Yeah. And I was getting like you know fifteen twenty grand or something like that. So wait, was it was it that quick? It was that quick. Really? Like and it, I couldn't figure out what was going on because you didn't. I had no clue because I still didn't know about YouTube. Oh fuck off! I still didn't know about file sharing. I didn't know about this world. So, so I was you just, weren't you weren't like a, you weren't like a MySpace promoter. No, I had no, I had no clue any of this was happening. I was just like, wow. 
people really like this special. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, how are they getting it? It was only on in Canada. And, they, and that's all I could figure out in my head was like, how did they get it? How did they see it? Yeah. And so all of a sudden you're just like, what the fuck, man? Like, and then and people are coming up and quoting your bits. Yeah. What was the what was the bit that you'd say got the most? Like, like I th- I think I told that machine story on Rogan's podcast and it changed my life. It definitely changed my earning potential in clubs. Right. Um. And that story is the story that is pivotal in my career. Is that I What's will the always, machine story? You never heard it? No. Are you serious? I'm serious. Uh, I'll tell you later. <laughs> because you've done it on every podcast i've done it so fucking i've done it every show for the past three fucking years i robbed a train in russia with the russian mafia oh i think i heard about that yeah and so that that story changed i tried i started doing a documentary and i and this is i forgot that you you knew how to speak russian too remember where were we and you spoke russian and i was like what the fuck probably hawaii yeah, that's what it was. Hawaii was one of the fucking greatest. That was like that was one of those trips where you did not need to do that, but you did it. I think as a favor to Tom. Yeah, <laughs> I've said this by the way a number of times. Is you and your ex came? Yeah, that Kimberly. Do you still talk to her? No, no, she's married and has a kid now. Gosh, she was fucking hilarious. <clears throat> yeah, remember she called uh, Martha Luther King Day. <laughs> do you remember? I, we got on the tour. On oh the- yeah, we were talking about my ex girlfriend Sunny Leone. <laughs> Oh, that was that was horrible. And then who was it? it? You mentioned it, and then she was right there, and I was like, "No, no, no!" I said, oh, "We're sitting with <laughs> oh, you, with, we're sitting with me, Tom. Oh, Bush, yeah, you didn't know and your brother and she, and her." And I said, <laughs> and I said, I had just seen Sunny Leone, and I said, "Oh my God, Russell, have you ever seen the Indian porn star?" And you're like, "Yeah." And I go, "No, no, 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 hold on, hold on." And your brother starts going. <laughs> His eyes closed. And I go, no, 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 no. She's in. He's like, no, no, I, I know who you're talking about. And I go, no, no, no. Hold on one second. She's the Indian poor star. She's so fucking hot. Do you know who I'm talking about? You know, Sunny Leon. And I go, I don't know if that's the name. You're like, pretty sure that's the name. And I go, are you sure? And you go, she's my ex-girlfriend. And Kimberly like got up and left. And, and your brother. And then you went after her. And your brother laughed for a solid five minutes. He was like, you're so, that was so stupid. How did you know to do that? I go, I didn't know that he dated her. He goes, that could have been more perfect. That could have been more perfect. That we got on the tour. We went to do the the tour of Pearl Harbor. That's right. We got on the boat, and Kimberly goes, "So does this go underwater?" And, <laughs> and I lost it. You had you rolled your eyes, and the rear admiral's there, and you're like, "No, this stays above water." <laughs> that was a great. That was a great. That was fun. Yeah, and then my favorite part of that is. Obviously, we're at war with Iraq, mm-hmm. and uh, Tom and I both go, and I think we had worked dirty, and they were not happy. And then you went up, and I hear in the back, who's this fucking brown guy? And Tom goes, huh, maybe this wasn't a good call. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we did the rifle training, me, Tom, and Push, and Leanne, and I remember the guy saying, and Tom was like, man, I really wish, I think Russell would have liked this. And we're like, yeah, God, man, that stinks that he's not here. And then the guy goes, all right, we got one rule in the Marines. If it's, if it's, if it's brown and moves, you kill it. And we're like, well, it's a good thing him and Clayton stayed home. <laughs> so, so, um, yeah, that was, that was, that was one of my f- favorite road trips in comedy. That was a fun time. So the YouTube blows up. What was your one pivotal bit that? That would have been, there was, <clears throat> There was, uh, I guess the the main bit was somebody's going to get hurt real bad. Somebody's going to get hurt real bad, and then uh, and then they took and then be a man was the other one. Really? And then there, that whole special just everybody had like a favorite piece of it. Did your dad ever call you and go, "What's happening with you?" Like, no, my dad died right before it all happened. Are he died saying? a month after it aired. Oh, I remember that because I think <clears throat> I said something about that, and Clayton. Lost it. <laughs> 
that he died right right before it aired? You know, it aired, and he died a month later. Oh. My act killed my father. <laughs> how'd, you, how'd you act to? Killed. <laughs> what about your mom? <clears throat> no, it didn't kill her. Okay. <laughs> my she, mom's alive. She's good. She's did, happy. Did she... Did she witness it where like oh she yeah she's still you know she's still reaping the benefits that's fucking insane my mom's in india right now just she's in india yeah just chilling she she's canadian right yeah no she's indian but she's you know she no but you guys are i remember you explaining this to me you guys are british anglo indians anglo indians who your mom and dad were born in india born both born in india both anglo indians but when the anglo indians were made when the british were in india uh they were kind of promoted to marry local as opposed to try and bring in british women because they back in the 1800s they die on the journey because of the whatever you know what yeah. I mean? so they were just like hey listen you guys are here there's a there's a lot of people here why don't you find one that you like here and then uh, their offspring of a british officer and an indian woman would be anglo indians and if it was a indian father and a british mother then they would be eurasians <laughs> okay and uh so anglo indians had a very distinct way of speaking and a distinct culture. And uh, some of them look like you. Some of them look like me. Some of them look like Hapu. Something like they really look like whatever, like depending on who the dominant gene was. But, like I have uncles that look like you. Really? And then, you know. I have the cousin a- that boxes in Brooklyn, is he look <clears> like <throat> me? Like you have a cousin who boxes, I think, in New York. Or uh, not boxes, trains boxing. Yeah, trains. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't know why I, I, I had... I'm not, I'm going I'm gonna I, I had a pitch for a movie for you a long time ago. I told it to Skur and he's like, I think that might be racist. So he's like, Don't tell to Russell. But I but I remember I, I'll, I'll tell I, you. I'm not sensitive. No, no, no. No. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Uh I'll tell you let me finish this. <laughs> but I remember you'd say, mentioned you had a cousin <clears throat> who trains boxing and I was like, Oh really? And you're like, Yeah, you, you were into boxing. Yeah, I and boxed I, for nine years. Yeah. Hey, no, I just I wouldn't say he boxes at all. He goes to the gym and he won't even spar. So like, you're not fucking boxing. Yeah. You'd box or yeah, but I remember you talking that you were into boxing. You knew more about boxing than I'd ever met anyone that knew about boxing. Like yeah, I feel I like that, boxing kind of. I think that's what uh, that's what connects Rogan and myself is that we he can talk boxing with me and I can go deeper. Yeah, because I I love boxing. I I know very little about boxing, probably more than the average person, but very little when it comes to like you or Rogan. It's you know it's funny is the other day I, I was checking Twitter and this kid was like. Hey, now I just found out that Russell P likes boxing. Hey, why, why don't I'd love to spar with you? And I'm like, I'm like, who's this kid? And I'm thinking in my head, does some kid think I'm joking or something? You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. like I've done this. I know how to do this. It's like, <laughs> is this really the way you want your life to go? And, you I'm, to- and I'm thinking like, who is this fucking kid? Yeah. Just some mouthy. You know, these kids nowadays they just mouth off, right? Yeah. So I click on his page, and it says Julius. Julius Jackson, and I'm like, and then it's, uh, and I read his profile, son of former three-time WBA middleweight champion Julian Jackson. I go, oh, hell no, I'm not sparring with you, kid. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I, I replied to him, I said, if you're anything like your father, nope. <laughs> what got you into boxing? Necessity. Because I was a small kid with a big mouth, and I used to get beat up all the time. And did your dad get you into boxing? Yeah, my dad was just one day. I, I after just getting beat up enough, my dad just. I came home. My dad goes, "Son, you're a pussy." <laughs> <laughs> my dad used to box in India. He was just learn how to fight. It's just embarrassing. <laughs> like, really? Yeah. And I was like, "All right." 
So then you took about then the now, well the guy one of my good friends that I grew up with was uh, uh, Canadian champ uh, amateur and and he was like just go to the gym with Willie and he was like Willie take him with you make sure he knows how to fight. Did you ever get in a fight like after that? Oh yeah. And it was what's I, I saw we had this kid Mark Small who was Golden Gloves in Florida. Only saw him get in a fight one time in college, mm-hmm. and it, uh, what I remember distinctly is he made a noise when he punched. He went. Like, yeah, I did that too. And I went, oh, so often when you hear a fight, you just, no one makes a noise. They just throw a haymaker. Yeah. But this guy took a jab and fucking laid the guy out. And I was yeah. like, oh, note to self. Yep. That, that's, that's, that's usually.